Young hearts run free. Young hearts run free. Young hearts run free. Young hearts run free. It's season five, episode three of the Young Hearts Run Free podcast. We're not going to hang about. We've got a cracker of an episode coming up. But first of all, you might have seen on your social media channels that Stevie Boy had an absolute belter of a run up in Inverness. So without further ado, I'm going to ask him, how was it, Stephen? It was tip top. It was a great day in the schnecky. What I want to get to is the nitty gritty. How were you happy with how your race panned out? I know you and Handsome Bob had put a fair bit of planning into what you were hoping to achieve. There may have been an ABC or a silver, bronze, gold, platinum plan. Did it pan out the way you wanted? Might it have been better or was it better than you expected? I think I was just about on the money with execution of the race plan, which was good. And that was plan A. Awesome. It was maybe A plus, just a smidge A plus. Brilliant. That's but good. No, but no hidden secret plan. Uh, no, no, that's cool. I seen your because uh, sometimes that's on the agenda. But I seen your splits, which were very consistent, very good. Now obviously there's wee bits of elevation. Actually, was there a lot of elevation? Did it feel well, like it? A wee, there was a wee couple of bits that I felt there was a couple of ups, but it was something like maybe about four hundred foot over thirteen miles. Uh, so no, no much. But there was a couple of noticeable climbs you know, and there's bits with these climbs there's just wee bits where you've just got to manage your pace a wee bit different eh? ah you just need to almost equalize your effort well, that's what i was trying to do is just like Aye. okay just keep on going at the same effort level and just maybe you know push forward a wee bit eh, just to, mm-hmm. to keep momentum because you hadn't been on that course before had you I'd done it 2009, but it's, the course has changed slightly since then. It's the same basis, but it's um, it's, it's changed slightly. So, yeah, but that was that feels like a lifetime ago, 2009. Aye. Well, it is. But it was brilliant, John. It was brilliant because there was like 2,200 folk on the start line. That was just, that was just awesome. That, Putting that, that the, bib on again, man. The pre-race sort of feels, you know, and, and seeing people again and, and connecting with others and um, caught up with, with Owen uh-huh. beforehand, fellow Pylon Tracks athlete. So managed to catch up with him and here we blether before we set off, nudged myself a wee bit up nearer the starting front row oh. than I've ever done before. Is that part of your strategy? I, I must ask as well, did you... How did you feel doing your warm-up? Because I think your warm-up's changed. You used to hang about and just do a wee bit of stretching, but you're probably Aye. a bit more focused with your warm-up now. How did how was that for you? I was all right. I, I was I did like, I don't know, three quarters of a mile or whatever run and then some some of those strides. But I've actually observed there's a lot of other folk doing exactly the same. So mm-hmm. you didn't look that unusual or you didn't stand out that much maybe as you think you do. <laughs> no, no, no. But it's just I suppose it's something different that you've never, you know what I mean? It, it, it's just, aye, it's just, just that. It's something different. Also noticed there was a few feet in your swanky footy. On a, 
Oh, aye, yeah, yeah. I, I met a few other um, swanky mates at the finish line, actually. Um, ah. But at the start, at the start line, I scanned my eyes across the, you know, the collection of feet that were for mm. me, and I was just thinking, God, if you've not got a pair of swanks on here, you are very much the odd one out. Very much. Aye. Yeah, there's been a definite um, buy-in, I suppose, is the term you would use, isn't it? To aye. to the the. I suppose you can say that the brand, the Nike, whatever flies they are. Alphafly and Vaporfly were taking up the majority of the um, the real estate on that start line, I must say. Uh, mm. Some other brands as well, but uh, Nike, yeah. Nike have, have dominated that super shoe market. It's been a marketing phenomena that's happened. And I must say too, the people that I know, or the people that are on my radar or on my Strava, there was a fair scalp of PBs happened up in Inversnecki. Yeah, aye, I think it was um, back to that race day adrenaline, and aye. which has been hard to, as much as you can, try and replicate it, it, it virtually and, and stuff like that, but actually back to, you know, having that in injection of adrenaline coming through your brain and the rest of your body and you know and being dragged along and racing you know aye you're right and i think it's just it might also be a bit of that just that pure enjoyment of being out there in the fresh air running past folk running away folk brilliant aye, it's just all that you're right adrenaline there that just kicks in there i must go. ask you as well though about energy that you were putting into your body during the race we spoke previously with bob about how many gels you can get in a soft flask and active route and things like that. What uh-huh. do you use in Inverness? Well, I was making sure that it was pretty well fueled on the start line because, you know, we're a half marathon can maybe get away with less thinking about it. But at the same time, you hate to think about it. Can it mm. For me anyway, can it just be discounted as I'm going to go and batter the whole race out and no drink and no fuel at all? There'll be plenty of people who do that and it works for them. Um, but I was never going to be laden with fuel. But I took the chance to try out the the Morton hydrogel, which was the ones that we spoke about with Bob that are on the course at Boston. Um, yeah. And I was keen to try out. And that was the first time I tried them. I think I wolfed one at about eight miles. Um, and whoa, it's a weird a weird sensation. These things they kind of just they go into your mouth in a big huge gel gloop, and then they dissolve quite quickly in your mouth and into a liquid. And I couldn't get it out my gut, doing my right. throat quick enough. I was like, "Whoa, what was that?" So that was a good experience. Oh, and is that good, just the way? Two experience. Is that just the way that it happens with that, or is that the way that you put it in? I can't know, man. Sorry, no. I do not know. No, but that that's good. Some else, something else you've got to play about with pre-Boston. Yep, yeah. exactly that. And I've got more of those just to um, to get used to them because I think there's just that wee bit of getting used to. It was a bit, bit windy as well up there, John. Um, and energy-wise, though, did it do the job for you? Did you, were you feeling strong at the f- finish? I think it, it certainly helped me make me feel stronger knowing that I had some energy in me. So I got to 10 miles and then was able to maintain things at the same pace I was going rather than maybe before dropping off. But that's a collection of things that are doing that. One of them being, I'm a bit more confident and a bit, maybe a bit braver. Mm-hmm. That's and, I think I said in my message, private message, 
won't be here publicly. But I think I said in my message to you that you're reaping the rewards of some discipline, hard work, and also being coached. You know, but you've taken that, you've taken all that on board. So fair play, you've all done. Aye, it, it was, awesome. it, it was good. It was good. And maybe where before I would have accepted things. Okay, if I can just see in to the finish at this pace, I'll still get a kind of a good PB. Mm. I kept on hearing a wee mantra in my head saying, "Much do you want a really good PB?" So I, I just kept on battering on, and I had a good wee sprint finish round the, cla- the track. I was just going to say, one twenty three fifty nine. You love, you love that taking it to the edge, eh? I know, because I crossed the finish line and I stopped my watch and it was one twenty four oh one, and then you get a text for Inverness half marathon to say you've finished Inverness half marathon, and um, I was like, where's my text? Where's my text? Um, and anyway, my wife phoned. And she says, I've just got a text saying you've just finished. I says, I must have put your number down in the wrong place or something. <laughs> I says, what did it say? What did it say? It was like, 123.59. And I'm like, yes. Brilliant, man. So Absolutely was, brilliant. That was good to get that one, one, 123 and something. So just, was, it, was the finish on the re- a lap of a track then? Yeah, so it's in Bucked Park and it's at the Athletic Stadium there, which yeah. I think is where Great Glen Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Same same place that, that I've shared the same track with the heroes who have finished that. So, yeah, it's, you do about three quarters or a lap after coming in, a three quarter mm. lap. Um, and I was like, I'm I'm emptying the tank here. So oh, I'm, I definitely, I'm, I'm man. Looked around. I was sure as anything that nobody was coming past me. Um, and I had somebody who was quite aspirational in front of me that. I didn't quite reach, but I was I was calling them back. But it's good to that, have them though. They probably dragged you in there to that aye. that finish. Definitely, so. and it was brilliant. It was it was great to be back and running a race, and also kind of really well organised and and supported and marshalled. It was brilliant. It was it was really good. Hats off. Brilliant. Good to hear. Good to hear. We must also give a quick shout out. Not going to give any names, but a quick shout out to everybody who was up in Aberdeen doing the D33 last weekend. Great day out there as well. Seen lots of good coverage on social media too. I looked ace as well, and I was having a wee bit of the FOMO, to be honest, about that as well, because I've never done D33, um, mm. which will need to be rectified at some point. But uh, there were some amazing times at the sharp end, um, but also the amount of people finishing it and you know, achieving their first ultra or, you know, better in previous times it, it looks to have been a an awesome day out in Aberdeenshire. Right. Talking about awesome days out, a wee bit further in the coast, only two weeks to the Anglo Celtic plate. Two weeks Sunday. that's uh, very much this weekend will be last big runs. Yeah. Before yeah, def- before definitely. a paper starts for people who are participating. And of course we're away to catch up with a couple of Colossuses associated mm. with the Anglo Celtic play in Adrian and, and Debbie. And yeah, we'll speak about a bit about that. Um but this weekend guys will be out at the peak of their powers. Mm. <laughs> John. <laughs> John. I'm I'm talking about you. All right, okay. Uh, yes, I get you, man. My taper starts after this weekend, uh, if there's ever going to be a taper. I'm just happy that I can run again a wee bit. 
I'm, I'm delighted with that. But I'm really looking forward to, and I've listened to this week's episode myself today, and it, it's really oh, amazing, an amazing listen that um, the facts and figures that Adrian puts across, the history of this event is quite phenomenal. And if you're taking part, you're taking part in a bit of history, that'll come across. And if you're not taking part, come along and just watch get involved on the day it's absolutely fantastic so i know yeah. it's, it, it is getting to that point that it's it's like the champions league final of 100k running oh, it's, it's happening on your doorstep and in fact you are participating in that it's going to be adrian reckons one of the biggest 100k road races in the uk ever brilliant man history is being made on the 3rd of april in the fair city of St Johnstone, Perth. Come Can't on, wait. get involved. Have a pie. Oh man, oh man. And I've also got to say in this episode, I never thought it might happen, but it has. My respect for Marco Consani has been elevated. You have to listen at the end to find out what I'm speaking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 we'll be revealed on that front. And I'd also just want to add that John doesn't feature in this interview because he was away on um, living his best life in the, <laughs> exactly, in the Canary Islands. Um, <laughs> I, so, had a good, I had a good time, a good week away, but it's good to be back. And you've got a healthy glow about you. Thank you very much. But you know what? We couldn't let the listeners do and we've recorded this wee intro just to get it out. So this is literally at the Cousers we're, <laughs> we're putting this together. So, but it's been, it's been bright. You must mention, Stephen, Adrian's song choice. Adrian's song choice, which has been added to the Buff Buff Collection Volume 2, is a song called Lotus Feet by an artist called John McLaughlin. And Adrian's advice to me, because I, jo- sorry, John, sorry, full disclosure, I forgot to ask Adrian at the end. I was that excited that I was speaking to Adrian and Debbie <laughs> at the same time. I forgot to ask him. So he, I asked him afterwards and he, he let me know. So it's Lotus Feet by John McLaughlin. And he said to me, he's an artist that I really enjoy listening to. And just let yourself flow off. And you'll see exactly what we mean when you hear it yourself. So right. yeah, for the next hour, let yourself flow off to the dulcet tones of me, Adrian and Debbie. Over to you, Stephen. <laughs> Big welcome back to the Young Hearts Run Free podcast to Adrian Stott and Debbie Martin Consani. How are you both doing? Hey, I'm great. Thanks, lads. How are you guys doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me back. Brilliant to have you both back. And yeah, I'm also cool. Thanks. Thanks, Debbie. Um, We are getting together to speak about a certain event, which is creeping very, very close now, the Anglo-Celtic Plate happening on the 3rd of April. And yeah, we're going to have a bit of a a race preview and a wee bit of an insight from two of the main players on the day. Yeah? Main spectators. (laughs) Yeah. The main spectators. (laughs) The main toilet roll changer overs. Oh no, that's Adrian's job. 100%. (laughs) I'm just there for the cheers. It's a job to be delegated, and if I isn't done, then I've been known to change the old loo roll and make sure the loo rolls are there. Certainly, runners expect them. We have stands to set. Brilliant. I'm glad we got off in such a positive foot and around about the loo roll. Yeah, stock. we've got to get the toilet chat out of the way. Yeah, that's that done. Okay, so but I, I thought what we could do first for people 
it'd be there'll be many people who don't know what the Anglo-Celtic play is who are regular listeners, but maybe there's some who just need a reminder as to what the Anglo-Celtic play and the open self-transcendence <coughs> 1500k is all about. Oh, that Adrian. one's for you, Adrian. Actually, it's <laughs> Adrian. This is a two-minute history lesson. Um, 1995, cast your mind back, however old you were then, yes. Any listeners, how old are you then, if you were still around? Do we have um, listeners who weren't even born in 1995? Wonderful guy called John Foden. I don't think you ever met John, did you, Debbie? You know, I don't know, but I'm very familiar with him. He was a rather, is a wonderful guy, slightly eccentric, um, sort of British establishment, been in the forces. Amongst other things, he's famous for starting the Spartathlon race out in Greece. Um, I won't bore you with that story now, but it's a fascinating story how that started. And... He also organised the first indoor 24-hour race around a shopping centre in Milton Keynes, oh, which I pleasure taking part in. Yeah, 24 hours on marble floors. That's quite an interesting experience. Yeah. Before shops were open on Sunday, the only place open was a McDonald's, so everyone was sort of chipped out. Happy Great. Yeah. So anyway, um, at that time, Great Britain had some marvellous world-class ultra runners, people like Don Ritchie, Kevin Woodward, Eleanor Robinson, Hilary Walker, and they were taking part in races on the continent, winning them, 100Ks, trail races and things. And of course, we had Donald, who was the world record holder at the time. And it was about the time that global competition at 100K was just starting out. And the IAAF, as they were then, actually recognised 100k as a legitimate distance for record purposes. That was a big boon for ultra running when, you know, the global governing body, you look at the record books, they've got 5k, 10k, half marathon, marathon, 50k, well, 50k now, but then 100k was established as a record distance. Huge global championships started happening and John Foden thought that to develop 100k at an elite level in Great Britain, we needed a competition to let the cream rise to the top and have a, the word pathway is often spoken about, the pathway of youngsters, Debbie coaches youngsters on their pathway to the top. Mm. Try and create this pathway so that top marathon runners or ultra runners who are running on the trails could have a go at 100k and maybe get to that level where they could strive to be in the GB team. That was the initial ethos of it all. Out of that, the Anglo-Celtic plate started and John invited all the home nations and Ireland to send teams to Nottingham in 1995. And I was there. Of course <laughs> we you were. Drove, <laughs> we drove down, hard, no aeroplanes. And we had to get back to work on Monday morning. So we drove down and back. Yeah, wonderful. Wonderful so weekend. Have, have you been to the mall, Adrian? No. I've been to many and I've organised okay. many, which we want to in due course, but uh, that's how it started. And over the years, many of our top ultra runners have had their first taste of international competition in the anglo Celtic plate. Debbie? No, you ran for Scotland in 24 hours before the anglo Celtic. No, plate. wrong. Rock. Adrian, come on. You're the stats guy. You should Adrian's know this. Adrian's got a spreadsheet open just now. Oh. I can I, see the reflection my, in his glasses. My, I, no. Well, I'm, I'm, I, no, no, no. I started, um, my first one was the anglo Celtic plate in March 2011. 
And yes. then you took a punt on me doing the 24-hour race in the September the same year. And I'd never run a 24 Adrian is, he, I credit Adrian for all my international vests because he <laughs> took a punt on me. Um, even to do the 100K, I hadn't done anything. I'd done like a lot of trail races. And um, he asked me to apply for the Scotland team. Never in a million years did I think I'd get in. And then he asked me to apply for the Scotland team at the what was the Commonwealth Ultra Trail Championships, which was in North Wales, which was never run again since then. And then I got my GB qualifier from that event. So there you go. Yeah. I didn't want. I didn't want to turn it on me, but it just seamlessly oh, went that way. The well, spotlight just always just flickers around. Along with people like Debbie getting their international taste of, at the like over the years, people like Lizzie Hawker. I can remember Lizzie Hawker as a young, fresh-faced twenty-something coming along and having a go at hundred k and doing rather well at it, and then the rest is history. How many UTMBs did she not win, amongst other things? Yeah. yeah, Jez, yeah. Jez Bragg as well had his first international taste of competition. William Sitchell, Simon Pride from Scotland, who they went on to become world champion, um, had his first 100k around Harriet Watt in Edinburgh. And then two years later, he was world champion. So there's been the, the, the conveyor belt worked. People were given the opportunity to sort of, OK, can cream rise to the top? And if they've got the right coaching and background as well, and the motivation between the ears, as they say, then yeah, it's served its purpose. It's had ups and downs. At the moment, I'd say it's on and up. The last three or four Anglo-Celtic plates, the standard has got higher and higher, both in the men and the women. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You can see some of the times as well. It's just, um, can you give us a little bit of background on, you know, the stats that were coming out. I mean, we know that the times just across the board on all ultra races, the times, course records are just getting knocked chunks off year after year. I think, you know, gone are the days when we used to think that ultra runners were people who couldn't run very fast. And now it's kind of moving into marathon, really strong marathon runners progressing um, up the distances. So, you know, can you give us a little bit of background about the results and the stats and even just give us a flavour of some of the nations that tend to come out tops? Yes. Um, basically, most people listening to this will have done ultras on the trails. They'll have done the fling or the devil or other events and they'll do a nice leisurely sort of run up the highland way the devil on the trails and everything and it, it's a nice you look at this you look at that and it's wonderful at the sharp end in something like the devil of the fling people are hammering it out and every second counts mm-hmm. 100k on the road as debbie has found out it's a brutal event yeah it's yeah. it's really i it's, i describe it to people as like three marathons that's it's the effort level that's involved there's just it's really raw there's no room for error it's just a really hard format yeah it's intensity i think yeah sum it up um mike hartley who held the pen on away record for many years before damien smashed it last year two years ago he was talked into running 100k not by me (laughs) um he ran a couple and made the gb team and someone once asked him how does running 100k could Different to the trails he said if you're on the trails you want to stop for a pee or you want to stop and tie your shoelaces everyone waits for you in 100k you top and tie your shoelaces they're half a mile up the road by the time you stand up again uh, yeah. 
that's the level of intensity it is. There is if you want to compete at that very high level, Anglo-Celtic plate-wise, wanting to make the Scottish team, let alone making the GB team, every second counts, even at 100k. It is intensity from start to finish. There's no timeouts. There's no breaks. The feed station, as Debbie knows, it's like a Grand Prix stop. People are in, out, don't even stop sometimes. It's get the bottle out, get it ready, hand it to them, off you go. Keep going. Yeah, I think it took me four, four laps to give, to give Kyle some S caps last time. <laughs> 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 oh, he was just going so ridiculously fast and I just kept dropping them. Yeah, I think if you look at, you know, someone like Jason Kelly and his last few laps of the ACP last year, that pretty much sums it up to me. Like the depths that people have to go to and what they need to find within themselves to keep that level of intensity going. Um, and mentally just going around in a lapped course, you know, it's a really hard format. It's physically, mentally and emotionally one of the hardest formats, I think, out there. That's for and sure. When you're doing that, so the inch, take the inch, for example, and the terrain is so similar to you know elevation is next to nothing. Other than that, we nick up to the floodgates that <laughs> is like Everest by the end. Yeah. Um, but is that hammering on the same muscle groups and the same, you know, you know, everything for 100k? It is. take its toll. It's the classic thing. Any coach will tell you, look at your event. What does it involve? It mm. involves running 62 miles on tarmac. You don't practice that by running laps as meadows or laps on the grass at the end. You go out and hammer the tarmac. You're doing your interval sessions. You're doing your progression runs. You're doing all these things. You're doing your 25 milers and putting 5K efforts in in the middle of it. That's, that's the sort of training at the highest level these people are doing. Yeah. Um, cause it that's specific, have, specific to yeah. what's coming up. Yeah, but you can also play around within the race too. If you people have a bad patch, you can... Do two things, of course. You can just sit down by the side of the road and have a sulk and say, sod this, I'm bailing out. Or you just try to deal with it. And I remember Donald, Don, my old friend Don Ritchie, who I refer to very often, if he was having a bad pace, he'd just pick up the pace. <laughs> Simple as. And only about a quarter of a mile, but just by picking up the pace, that would just flick his mind into action. And just to say, OK, I'm, yes, yeah, hard here, but I'm in a race. And I'm going to catch the guy ahead of me or stay ahead of the guy that's closing down on me. Yeah, it's a lot of it's just mental attitude and just being in the moment in race mode. I mean, a lot of people think a lot of ultra runners get into a meditative flow state and they're just sort of um, relaxing, enjoying themselves. 100K on the road, it's not like that. You're just in the moment dealing with everything that's being thrown at you at any point in the race. Debbie asked this already, but in terms of performances and yes. nation, so... How is this the 26th iteration? It'll be the 27th, I think, if I've got it right. 27, because I wasn't sure if there was one 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 27th, so it's the 27th. So what's the, who, who's coming out the top of the wind charts? Well, I'm either happy or sad to say, because I have a, I try to be as impartial as I can be when I'm, especially when I'm race director. Only two nations have ever won the men's Anglo-Celtic plate, Scotland and England. Oh, Scotland have won four. Okay. England have won 22. Ah, when he saw that. Got a few more well, people we pick from. Three of our victories have come in the last 10 years, so we're on a roll. Yeah. 
it's competitive, but give the English they do. They have some pretty good runners and some pretty good coaches, and they 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 know how to they know how to party when it comes to 100k. You know, on the ladies' side, it is pretty similar. Scotland have won three. Ireland, for the first time, won the ladies' team race in Dublin last year, which is great for Ireland. It's really given Brilliant. them a little boost. But England have won 20 of them. Okay. So the standard is there, but um. A lot of races have been very close. It's deceptive because the Anglo-Celtic plate is decided on cumulative times of your first three runners. So every second counts. And so many races, it comes down to the third finisher in each team. Okay. Just closing in and staying consistent. Uh, it's come down to minutes at times, you know, between first and second team, second and third team. Um, but it makes it very exciting. And it's the way it builds up, and hour by hour, especially with a lap course, you can keep an eye on who's doing what, and it evolves, and it's very exciting. Yeah, and and being on the inch, you can almost shout to them on the other side. Well, Debbie's voice would be able to be audible on the other side of the inch. What my little wallflower voice? Yeah, a little get your ass in gear. <laughs> so that, that I I've forgotten about completely is that um, in the 27 years the Anglo-Celtic place has taken place, Scotland wins in another way because Scotland has hosted the most Anglo-Celtic plates. Ah, see? Hospitality. Yes. Marks. uh, I won't go into the politics of this, and the fact is just some years it's just a case of I've just had a call. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed you're kind of like in these meetings, Adrian, you're always the plan B. It's always, <laughs> and we're always the most willing. It's supposed to rotate around the home nations in, in order. It, the reality of it, it doesn't always happen. Putting on a 100k race is a labour of love. They don't generally make much money. If you break even, you're quids in. You know? yeah. uh, and some people just can't take it on. They can't find someone to organise it. And even in a country down south with so many millions of people and how many race organisers. But yeah, yeah. Um, Scotland has organised 10 of the 27 Anglo-Celtic plates. Oh, really? The home of 100k running, you could say. And yeah. It's like the Eton Valley. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's usually Muggins that organises it. Yeah. So. We were speaking there about the about the training and how specific it is and stuff like that. And I thought it was a good point to, to actually bring in the team manager and ask her a question around about the exactly that i've i've noticed i'm lucky to be following some of these guys on strava and there's huge weeks going in there just now amongst the um, the scottish team members that i'm um, familiar with everything looks like it's it's gearing up well and they'll be looking forward to a taper around about now yeah absolutely um yeah i follow them as well and it's, sometimes it's quite frightening the the quantity and quality of some of the training you know that's just like the breadths of long runs and then joe's doing like 14 400 meters and um yeah it's just the different i mean everyone will train for this massive like completely different everyone will have different jobs and different lifestyles and you know different factors some people like long slow runs some people like the shorter intense runs um so i think yeah everyone trains really different for it but um yeah, the Scotland team are looking really good. I think we've got a really solid team, both the men and women's team. Um, you know, I've said this for a few years, you know, every time, like, 
the standards keep getting pushed up and that's like within the existing team members and new people coming in um yeah the, the teams are looking super strong for this year really strong and i know there's the you know i've had a look at the teams who are coming in from the other nations and you know they've got really strong teams but you know i just um i know that we're going out there with the best that we've got fantastic yeah, sure there's a there's a lot of them come from up in the northeast in the the, the men's especially and i noticed they do a a lap of what they call the claymore i see it all the time it's a seven right. claymores and stuff like that so it's a, it's a loop obviously that they're just hammering i dread to think of the strava heat map on this this loop that, that they've got just now because they they're putting there must be wearing a a groove in the tarmac um, yeah it must be the, the loop that separates the men from the boys right I'm surprised you're not up there yet. Boston training. Oh, like the Rift Valley Denny. of the Northeast. <laughs> Denny man. Yeah. yeah. That's um yeah. I'm a, I'm right out of my comfort zone, but I'm loving it. But um yeah, and in terms of the you know, what is it, two teams of four? Uh, I think you can you can you have up to six, Adrian, or is it teams of five? Five. So you can have you can have oh, up yeah. to five, yeah, and th three of the key players. So we've got five men and four women in the okay. Scotland team. Um, I think the only one that don't have a full set is the Welsh don't have a full women's team. I think they've only got two women. Okay. Right. And um, Northern Ireland have had a couple of pullouts due to injury, so they don't have a full women's team either. Oh, oh right. Okay, I wasn't aware of that. And one of the Irish girls have. have pulled out as well but they they have a they still have enough runners to field a team for sure okay so we'll have um england wales ireland northern ireland scotland um adrian you're talking quite a large contingent running yeah bigger than it, usual as we played itself we've got about 45 entries over the five teams which is the most has ever been in the anglican we played um because a few years, Ireland and Northern Ireland, for various reasons, didn't support the event, didn't have enough runners, other priorities, etc. Everyone was running on the trails and everyone thought, oh, 100k on the road, God, that's brutal, as always. But it's been a bit of a resurgence, so they are, they're right into supporting it and sending teams across. Um, a little carrot as well, especially with some of the really fast runners, which might not be known by a lot of the people, is that it's also the Scottish Championship. It's a British Championship this year as well. And it is also a trial race for the GB team. There is a World 100K Championship in Berlin in August, 27th of August in Berlin. There are qualifying standards to be set and achieved. And there are runners coming to Perth hoping to achieve those standards. Wow, all eyes on the North Finch. Yeah, so that's an added... Uh, feature at the, at the very sharp end, um, but there's certainly there's a whole bunch of guys who are capable of getting those standards. And when we speak about those standards, what yes. are those standards? Well, this is where it comes in again. You have your little trundle up the fling or you're up the devil and you're trundling along at sort of eight, nine minute miles, whatever. The A standard is like an individual standard. And if you achieve the individual standard time, you're pretty sure of getting selected. It's not a given, but you it's a good chance. Then they have what they call a team standard, which is a little slower. And for the men, that is seven hours. And seven hours is acknowledged to be like in, 
can run seven hours, then your flow is being pretty good. Yeah, it's like an international benchmark. It's like running like a sub 230 marathon. You're getting competent. Yeah. Um, doesn't guarantee you'll get selected, but because the world champs as well as a team competition, if, for instance, only one or two runners get the A standard, they can bring someone in with a team standard to make up a team or two or three people. So there's a bunch of guys all convinced, and that's why they're training like they're training at the moment, because they know if there's six or eight people possibly on the guys gunning for that time, they've got to get as high up towards that A standard as possible. So the, is the A standard seven hours? No, the A standard is six hours 45. Ah, I missed that. Just the six hours 45. What is the the record round the inch for 100k? Uh, that would be Charlie Harper's time in 2019, which was six. That was 6.45. He just shaded 6.45. Wow. And also last time, Rob Turner finished in 6.51 and Kyle Gregg, Scotland, Scotland. 6.55. So we had three people under seven hours last time around. For the men, yeah. And I reckon there's a good, definitely six, possibly ten people who will be in the shout for that. Yeah, I would say so as well. I hope they're all going to be smart. Yeah, and, and I, the way it goes is they just, it's like a pecking order of who's the fastest as qualifies. But I'm sure they take right. into consideration other things. But really, it's very black and white when it comes to 100k running. And in terms of the um, ladies' qualifying standards, what's, how does that reflect? Ladies' standard is getting quite challenging. Um, seven hours fifty, no, seven hours fifty-two for ladies. Um, and Joe Murphy has that qualifying time, which he said in Dublin last year, and eight hours two minutes for the team standard. And only one other gal has that at the moment. Um, she's Carla Molinaro, and she's in two minds whether to run the World 100K because it clashes with comrades this year, so she might be going back to comrades instead of running the World 100K. But we'll see. And Sam Amend is knocking on the door. Sam Amend has achieved the qualifying standard before. She hasn't done it in the last 18 months, so if she wants to make the 100K team, she's got to nail the, the team standard as well. There are other, I wouldn't rule out. It might be a big ask for some of the other Scottish girls to get down to eight hours, but I wouldn't rule it out on the day that it could happen. And a couple of the English runners are dark horses too. The English team have got two or three people who've got very good marathon backgrounds, but haven't done 100k on the road yet. And that, as Debbie will tell you, is always can be kill or cure. <laughs> yeah, I remember, um, was it 2019 when there was a couple of English guys who were like, Every year. Ridiculously fast, and they were... One of them's coming back this year. Tom Payne has entered the Open race. Tom Payne was in... Oh, track. really? Tom Payne is a, he's a lovely guy. Um, yeah, but a, he now has that um, experience yeah. because he did the 100-mile track race. Yeah. And he was... I mean, I was on the track when he ran that, and um, yeah, I was, I was it was it. metronomic. He was phenomenal. So now he's got that experience. Yeah. So he's in the open race. He's entered the open race, yeah. Oh, I love someone with a beanie's bonnet. Yeah. That would be good. <laughs> he came to the first 16 and as a pretty competent two hour 17 marathon runner, thinking, yeah, I'll have a go at 100k. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Matt, Matt Dickinson was also in that, that race on the 100 mile track race as well. And I think he's got his marathon time down to 219. Matt Dickinson, I think I've got it here. 
his marathon time is 2.19.23. Yeah, and that's quite a recent one. Did you not do that last year? So it's not... Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's done a, quite a few things and the 100-mile track race. So he will have that mental fortitude as well as all those miles in his legs. So, and Ollie as well, obviously, the ever-smiling Ollie. Ollie Garrett is probably the top English guy, for those that don't know. He... Yeah. Ran in Perth in 2019 in the English team, uh, did seven hours, nine minutes, so pretty good. But he's improved in the last three years, no end. He's one of these, like Debbie, I obviously observe the ultra scene, and Ollie's been one of these runners the last few years. It's just been on an upward curve, like Jason and Chris have in Scotland. And um, and he did the 50k in Ireland last year, 255 for 50k. Pretty useful. And that's someone who can also run 100 miles in a fairly useful time, too. So he's now going everything in his armory. And he's just a that's a nice guy as well. <laughs> he's, just, he's lovely. Yes. He's so grounded. Uh, not that our guys aren't grounded. Our guys are grounded, too. But to run 100K, you've got to have your two feet on the ground. You can't be too full of yourself because it comes back to bite you on the backside. Yeah. You've just and- got that groundedness just to sort of deal with everything in your stride, yeah, as it comes at you. And Ollie can do that now, yeah. And when you mentioned Tom Payne and him yeah. being in the the hundred k open race, yes, and he's also a talent. And Debbie says, "Well, love somebody with a beaner, beaner bonnet, like <laughs> menacingly." <laughs> Is he of the potential that he could come in? Sure. Ahead of. He could certainly be in the mix with him. For some sure. of his potential yeah. teammates. Yeah. Uh, he he could potentially win it. Yeah. Um, there's another guy from down south too, a guy called Paul Martelletti, who's most people, several yeah. people this will know. Prolific marathon, half marathon runner, has run 100k before, hasn't done it seriously for about five or six years, but he made the GB team for Doha 2014. Uh, run sub seven hours for 100k, and together with Ollie Garrett, they ran the Barry 40 a couple of weekends ago. Um, Ollie was just, Ollie won it in four hours, one minute. Paul was only two minutes behind. Okay. Paul put his hat in the ring for the England team, but because he has not run an ultra for a few years, he did not get selected. I don't think I'm giving any privileged information. So, like Tom, he's got a bit of a bee in his bonnet. Going to try and put some egg on the face of the English selectors. Yeah, good one. Yeah, good I one. mean that that is obviously a great incentive for them. But and, you know, you can't help but thinking, you know, when we talk about how hard the format of the race is. Yes. And when the going gets tough, you've still got that drive because you're representing your country. Um, you know, we saw Alison McGill last year and I've never yeah. seen anyone pull and push themselves so hard when they like she gave her absolutely everything. And if it wasn't for the fact that she was doing it for her team and she was wearing her Scotland vest and, you know, would she have continued? hundred percent not. But she found something within herself because she was, you know, doing it for her team and she was wearing an international vest. And you can't help but think that some of these guys will come and they've just, okay, they've got that incentive to think, yeah, I want to prove to these selectors that I should have been in the team. And, you know, that might and probably will pull them through. But you can't help but thinking when the going gets tough, Mm -hmm. they might get going. Yeah, so, um, fire in the belly. Like, exactly, because it is, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's such a hard format 
um, and when the wheels start to come off, which for most people they will at some point, it's kind of easier to think, well, I'm just in an open race, why would I want to do this to myself? Whereas if you're fighting for a team place... You've got other people yeah, relying on you. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. There's a, there's a lot going on out there, isn't there? And yeah. do you know, we, we've mentioned the open race. So there's a 50k open race and a 100k open race happening simultaneously, which John and I have had the privilege of participating in a few times and um, had a fantastic experience. But the people who are listening who are in for that, which I know there's quite a few listeners going to be rocking up to the inch on the 3rd of April, um, what's, what, is, is the field the usual size for that or is there a wee bit of an increase in that too, Adrian? Not a slight increase, but uh, we're just edging towards 100 on that now, yeah, which is... um. And that's Across about, the both events? Uh, no, 100 on the 50k and about 80 in the 100k, yeah. So is that on top of the 45? Yeah, in the 100k we have athletes. team entries and about another 45 open entries. Excellent. About 85, 90 people in the 100k. So upwards of 200 people doing laps of the inch at the same uh, time? Yes. Hopefully no more than that because 200 is about the limit that the park are happy with. And, and what reminds me what time the 50k starts at? 100k starts at 7am, the 50k is at 10am. So 100k runners will be well into their stride and then three hours in, the 50k runners will set off and join them. Super. And I, I take it you'll be there, Stephen. Are you running? I'm not running. Oh, Coach has said for me not to run. And what about my... your trusty sidekick? My trusty sidekick says he's running. He is Excellent. currently um, in foreign shores, and heat acclimatizing. Well, he's certainly heat acclimatizing and um, fueling well. Not quite <laughs> sure how much the trainers have been on though. But <laughs> the 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 sandals seem to have been on a lot. He likes his Jesus sandals, this John. Maybe he's or Bethlehem's. He calls them. <laughs> so I presume you'll be out cheering, of course, Stephen. I will be there. Absolutely. Yeah, I do hope a lot. Cannot I mean, you guys have done such a great job of raising the profile of the race. Um, and I really do hope a lot of people just come along and cheer and just to see it. You know, you're not going to get, I think that, you know, we're just talking about some of the, the pedigree of some of the people that are going to turn up. And it's going to be, it's going to be amazing to see it. And I think having a full house with the full teams, um, It'll be really, it'll be a really exciting event, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how it unfolds. And I do, I do hope that people come along and support. Yeah, that so, is a call to arms there. That like, is a call. Bring your cowbells. We want cowbells. Please do not bring your cowbells. <laughs> stand next to Debbie <laughs> with your cowbells. Ale, ale, venga, venga. Scottish shirts, anything. Just let's have a bit of bit of a bit of a round. Bring some flags. Bring some flags. Yep. Flags and bagpipes. Mm, okay. No <laughs> cowbells. Stand no. next to Debbie with your cowbell and your bagpipes. Oh, that'd be Anybody know uh, <laughs> their patriotism by any legal means they want to. And that's also yes. if you are a um, maybe an expatriate of one of the other nations as well because i know absolutely no absolutely so just get bring some support along if you're part of one of the other nations come along and bring a flag yes that we get a bit get a bit of atmosphere going and there was one other question i had actually that also competing for the don ritchie cup 
Don Ritchie Trophy, have I got that right? Don Ritchie Trophy. Don Ritchie Trophy, which last time was lifted by Bob Turner. In Perth, yes, Bob Turner and Sophie Evans. It's awarded. Okay, the Don Ritchie Trophy, just to backtrack on that. Don will basically, by common consent, was probably the best ultra runner of the last century. um, Just by his book, The Stubborn Scotsman, it's all in there. It's a hard read, but if you want to know how to run six hours, 10 minutes for 100k, it's all in there, how to do it. I think you need a little more than the book. but <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, but the book will help. <laughs> but Donald passed away in 2018, um, sadly, um, still being the world record holder. By a twist of fate, the 100k world record that he held for almost 40 years was broken by the Japanese guy the week after Donald passed away. How, how wacky is that? Um, it was just respect, Adrian. I think it was. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that. But um, I chatted to Mark Monroe at Scottish Athletics and said we'd like to have some sort of trophy to honour Don for what he's done. And my idea was there wasn't a actual... The race winner got a trophy, but there was not a trophy to honour the Scottish 100k champions. So the Don Ritchie Cup, men's and women's, were given by Scottish Athletics and they are now awarded to the first Scot to finish in the Scottish Championship every year. What a, a worthy um, award to be, to be, you know, sitting on your fireplace or wherever it may be um, for Sophie. And uh, so, at the moment, is, is, was that also awarded in Dublin last year? We had the wonderful experience of carrying a whole load of trophies in our hand baggage over to Dublin, didn't we, Debbie? Cups and shields that all been won by Scots before, taken <laughs> over to Dublin to bring them back to Scotland again, which is fabulous. <laughs> and having known Donald and known what he, he achieved, Debbie will tell you when this cup comes out, I look at it and I get a little teary. Just look at it, this cup that says the Don Ritchie trophy on it because it just okay. brings memories back to me of Donald the guy because I saw him racing. I had his crew to him on many races. You know, we were, we were good buddies. And it's just, it's just, and the people who've got it, uh, <clears throat> some of them know about Donald. Joe Murphy didn't know a lot about Donald, so I actually bought her the book and sent it to her and said, you've got to know what Donald did. And then she phoned me up a couple weeks later and said, I'm gobsmacked that this guy actually existed and did what he did. You know, I didn't know about much about him. You know? <laughs> um, buy the book, The Stubborn Scotsman by Don Ritchie. Buy the book or indeed go and look at Adrian's Twitter feeds of late, especially in the last couple of weeks where he's been putting up some smashing um, library pictures of previous events and um, I've, just, I've just enjoyed looking at kind of the retro kits and stuff like that. The, short um, shorts. Short they've shorts. Gone, and, they've gone full circle. And, I see. And, yeah. And they back to the like the, the three inch numbers. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the trainers of course. I was like oh what they got their feet. Shrinkers. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> but we'll not go there Adrian because we promised we wouldn't. That's for another no. time. The, the super shoe talk however there'll be there'll be a schwankers convention oh yes the international schwankers convention <laughs> i'm going to say we're just going to take a we'll just do one of those slow motion videos of the feet at the start line yeah nike 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 <laughs> absolutely yeah. yeah it's um it's it's quite a thing isn't it um adrian you've never competed in yourself have you you're just the organizer I've organised 
10 Anglo Celtic plates, yeah, and been team manager on several others, yeah. Um, I was never really fast enough to make a 100k team. I probably at my when I was trying to be an athlete, my my strengths a bit like Debbie were in longer things. I was happy running for West Highland Way or doing 24 hour events, and that was what I was focusing on. Uh, never had the basic speed to be really good at the sharp end at 100k. If you really to do well at 100k, you've really got to have pretty good marathon speed. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It kind of works its way up from marathon to 100k. Uh, especially marathon background gives you that road background. That's just why good marathon guys usually make good 100k runners as they can adapt to the increase in volume because their legs have been brought up on pounding the tarmac. Yeah, so they've just got that raw speed as well, is what you actually need. And they've got that cadence. And yeah. At the, at the top level, if you're not running sub 230 or thereabouts for a marathon, you're never going to get close to seven hours. At world level, you'll find most of the people running 645 and getting down to 630. There's sub 220 marathon people, most of them. And long term, you just hope one day that one of the top South Africans or one of the top Kenyans was as full of 25, 206 marathon time or just blitz on. Do the training for it and, and see what can be done. Cause, what could happen? Uh, someone will go sub six for 100K. Believe me, maybe not in my lifetime, but it will happen. Maybe on that. Yeah, there's the, there'll be so many people out there that will have the ability to do it. But as you say, that you know that focus is always on marathon because that's where it needs it's probably some, where the money is. Yeah, you need someone like one of the big shoe companies or a big corporation to sort of say, okay, first guy to run under six hours is under thousand pounds, and you have all the Africans to be added like a shot, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it just doesn't have. I mean, it's still quite niche, though, isn't it? It's still niche because it's yeah. um, I mean, not much recognition yet. No. So, so of all the um, yes. Anglo Celtic plates that you have been a part of, whether you're organising or team managing or supporting, yes. Um, what would you say is your most memorable one? Oh my goodness! How if long... you could take one ACP and bottle it and put it in a jar and just keep it forever, what would be the best one? Can I have three? Okay. I mean that was. Yeah. First time Scotland men won the Anglo-Celtic plate, which was in Perth in 2011. That was quite a little... I was just fed up with the English winning every time. I mean, I love the English, but it, you look at the, the roll call, it's England, 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 England. It's worse than the Five Nations, you know, where just occasionally Scotland gets in every sort of 10 years or so. <laughs> um, but um, that, that was a landmark, yeah. Performance-wise, um, for the men... Just for I, clarification, Stephen, there was a tears. Oh, Debbie's been <laughs> for years now. I'm I'm known to have the old little tears. He's, he's a very happy crier. Um, but it's, it's, just, it's just happiness for the guys that are doing this stuff. Yeah. The performance, I'd say, I'd seen in the anglo Celtic plate was a gentleman called Steve Way, who we're familiar with. Oh, yes, absolutely. He was there in 2014. Huh? Um, the archetypal story about Steve was he was big Mac eater, 40 fags a day. He suddenly got himself fit and wine for three or four years. He's running a 215 marathon and competing for England in the Commonwealth Games. And, and he's, he's, he's such a guy. He's just up for anything, basically. Someone just planted the seed of 100K to him. And this was about three weeks after he'd run London Marathon, done about 218 at London to qualify for Commonwealth Games. And 
he saw what the British record was, which was Simon Pride had the road record. Donald had the, the 610, which was run on a track, but the road record was Simon Pride 624, which he set when he won the World Champs in 1999 in France. Steve Way went off on this, this cycle track course in Gravesend, Tarmac, and it wasn't flat. It was quite undulating. And he just blitzed it and came home in 619. Just think about 619. That is about 610, 615 a mile for 100K. Yeah. Do you know I haven't heard anything about Steve Way for a couple of years now? Oh, been off the radar. Uh, yeah. Made a comeback. Injuries, injuries. I mean, he's just, Steve is just all or nothing. You know? Yeah, he loves I, a treadmill run. I'm not a big Strava, <laughs> Strava fanatic. I do follow people on Strava. I need to look at something. But people who looked at Steve on Strava, the things he made public, it was just it was just insane, some of the sessions he was doing. But at a cost. And he kept breaking down and getting little nickels. You know, and just okay. played. Yeah. And what's your number three? Or number one. Just seeing. Oh, we're not going backwards. We're just going to put them as an equal bar. Three but, most memorable moments. Well, what is memorable, that, which is the whole ethos of the Anglo Celtic play, is to see new talent come through. And just yeah, yeah. Yeah, over the years, just seeing people like Jez Bragg and Lizzie Hawker and even Joe, Joe Murphy and people like this, just come through yeah, and yeah. being just up and coming, not ordinary, because you know they've got talent, but they're just making their way in it and they suddenly realize hey i can do something with this and they get a good coach who just takes them on one side and say okay you're doing well but just here's this this is what if you want to get to that next level you've got to ditch doing this and just do this and you've got to dedicate 12 months two years of your life to doing something if you want it that bad and most of them do want it that bad because debbie knows even you know playing for boston um Stephen. Yeah. a little fire that's kind there. of a, a glimpse anyway just a little fire that's there just once you want to get that time you want to get in Boston and yeah, absolutely not going to go away and you see people like that come through and then they achieve things like that it's um it's that that's very gratifying brilliant and oh, this this event that's happening on the 3rd April sounds amazing is it can you still get involved if you if you want to Adrian um entries close on Sunday <laughs> this Sunday. Sunday coming this Sunday coming, two weeks Sunday out. Sunday the 20th and of how March. Many, uh, and there's a places open for the 100k and the 50k. There are a few left, yes. I would say don't do it on a whim, not the 100k especially. If you're marathon fit, 50k is not a problem. If you just want to come and have have some fun, do it as a training run, whatever. Yeah. Um, I will bet the entry, so if I think you're not up for it, you're just trying to be a chancer. We, could, we have the power to reject. <laughs> and you let John Cassidy in. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm going to question your vetting process. This might, is just this is just to test to listen if John listens to it. Uh, might, we might try to find a way to DQ him sometime during the race. You know, if he stops to have too many pies or something. You know, yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez, we had to get the pies in, didn't we? <coughs> another tick off the Young Hearts Run free bingo. Strikers <laughs> pies. If people want to come Recipe. and hang. And watch at the inch. Yes, come on down with your cowbells and your flags. <clears throat> we are still short of a few volunteers because it takes a little army of volunteers to. Okay, and if people want to volunteer, Adrian, how do they go about that? Probably best to. I'm not going to give my email on air or on the message board. Twitter is my main sphere of social media, so either okay. follow me, DM me on Twitter, or just put a post on Twitter and tag me in. 
Okay, and I presume they don't need to commit to the full duration. Is there something you could do like split shifts or? Um, there's various shifts. There's setting okay. up. Okay. There's we divide the, the day into three hour shifts, so people can come for three hours, two hours, okay. whatever they can. And but we'll we do it properly. If they're interested, get in touch with me. We'll send them a form. They can fill in the time slot. Yeah, I can come. I can commit to this time, and I'm happy to do anything. Okay, that's good. So to even know. if you're maybe injured yourself just now and you still want to be involved and close to the action, then there's a good opportunity there. Your country needs you, as they say. Yeah, absolutely. We need to beat the English. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that, but actually I did. I'm Team Scotland manager. I can see what I like. <laughs> it's, a, it's a rallying call. It's then. only Adrian that needs to stay impartial. <laughs> um, Having said that, on the hospitality stakes, the fact that Scotland has organised so many of the Anglo-Celtic plates, we're very lucky that in the Scottish ultra scene, as you know, there's all this experience of race organisers. You know, I've just been inundated with all these offers of help from like Johnny at the Fling, you know, having to come over with a van full of gear because he's got dislikes it to be used rather than just once a year at the fling you know and like Ian at the Highland Way and like John and Helen Monroe and Richie Cunningham and both they all just want to pitch in and help because they've been involved with the Anglo Cape before they understand what it is and they want it to be a good one and I'm biased but Scotland puts on the best Anglo Celtic plate of all the ones I've ever been to over the last 30 years. This is fact, it's actually fact. Yeah that is a statement that's the yeah. argument. With, with, I'm ha very happy if some other race organizer wants to raise their game and sort of um, make it a better, make make a good atmosphere in England or Ireland. Ireland was pretty good, actually. We had fun in Ireland. They were good. Ireland, I mean, I've only been to Perth and then I was in the one in North Wales. Was it North <coughs> Wales? And then the one in Ireland. Ireland was a good one. I quite liked it. it was, the course was good. That one stuff. in North Wales was roasting, wasn't it? It was hot. It was hot. Yeah. I remember I was there because I was crewing for Marco and Sharon who is my sidekick on the team management this year. Um, Sharon was in the team and one of the funnest things that it was like 28 degrees. It was really hot for 100k. And uh, Adrian, who was like prolific on the Twitter, sent out a tweet saying, Sharon, Sharon is looking very hot. <laughs> I wasn't prolific on Twitter back then. I think it was my first weekend. <laughs> I used to go to all, I used to all these awesome people. I mean, she was looking very hot. I'm not going to lie. She's a wee hottie, but she was also quite toasty. <laughs> oh, Adrian. Adrian Adrian's innocence. She's got that as a pinned tweet on her own Twitter profile. Yeah, she's actually got a T-shirt for it for the race. Right. Hi, Adrian. Still hot. Still hot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Getting better with age. <laughs> Still a hottie. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah, like, but are we? Uh, yeah, we sort of digress there, but yeah, Scotland does put on a great show. We really, yeah. really do. And it, as I say, it would be really nice if people did come out and support it, regardless of which nation you're supporting. It's um, it's just really great. And to see athletes with that ability and that talent just tearing around a park, it's uh, yeah. and the speed that they can go at is just absolutely phenomenal. The, uh, if you can't all day, if you want to just come and watch like the, 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 real, the real action, which is when the race is heating up and finishing, 100k starts at 7 o'clock. The fastest guys will be under seven hours, so they'll be at 2 o'clock, they'll be getting close to finishing. So anytime yeah. from the onwards, Come down from 11, 12 onwards, you'll just see yeah. the old and 
bring your picnics. Elbows, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's there's even a kids play park nearby to abandon the um the offspring at and you can concentrate on the action on the the path. Yeah. And in the open race, you will see local runners. Obviously, Stephen, you've got plenty of people coming from your Octorada crew. Yeah. There's Perth, people from Carnegie Harris, people from Five AC. So lots of local clubs got runners running. So come and give them a shout as well. Certainly, yeah, because they need your support just as much as the international guys. Because absolutely. Taking on 100k or 50k on the road, it's it's tough. It's hard for all of them. And the the more help they get. It's amazing, isn't it? That like when somebody just gives you a come on or you're looking good, just that little connection to your brain and then how it then goes from your brain to some kind of release of adrenaline. I don't know the chemistry, but something happens special just by that little come on. Loop course. Uh, Debbie knows from 24 hours and I do but the loop course means it's not like you go to watch a cycle race like the Tour de France or the Tour of Britain or even the fling you you drive for hours to get to one point and see the runners there and they just come by you in a second and that's it at the inch they're coming around every 10 to 15 minutes you know, should charge an entry fee <laughs> no, it's bad, yeah. uh, the entry for, fee for is charity. bring me cake well there's a there's a, big, there's a big day around about that time of year as well here so Huh? No. I can't think what that could be. <laughs> Range Rover. <laughs> exactly that. He said what colour? I'm not fussy. Right, okay. Right, <laughs> we must be getting near the end. Have we got any questions that I've not covered that I said I would? Is there anything? I don't know. I don't want to. I feel like we've failed without the gaffer being here. A wee bit, but that's okay. We're, um, a place to fail safely is is okay. Okay, we won't, okay. won't get it brought up in our annual review meetings, Debbie, so we'll be fine. Um, but I think we've touched on everything. I think we've covered everything. Is yeah. there anything Other, else that... I think just the fact that Perth is the perfect venue like that. It is a good course. It's proven to be a fast course. We, I organised it at Harriet Watt University for many years here in Edinburgh. Um, and that was a great little venue. The facilities are great, but it was a very... It was on a slight rise and fall each lap, and it was a bit twisty and turny. So when we found Perth, it's just a perfect loop. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the thing about Ireland, being on that racetrack. I mean, in, in principle and on paper, it probably looked like a good course, but there was a lot of twisty in and outs and... <clears throat> This one being a, a perfect shape, I think. Um, yeah. The only problem is down that back straight, if it's windy, then it's not going to play into your favour. But, yeah, fingers crossed we get a nice day in April. Yeah, and you, everybody's been practising their right-hand turns anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, no one yeah. will ever be able to turn left again. No, that's, that's it, you're screwed. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, I know for, for one, I can't wait. John is also, as he puts it, up to high dough and he's actually <laughs> taken part um yeah. great to think what his um drop bag little bag full of goodies will look like but <laughs> we can, because i'm not running i can maybe have you rummage through that and give a wee bit of a, a sneak into the the drop bag of john cassidy um oh, but yeah oh, i mean that's in, like right? a, that's like a full episode by itself is it not john, I'm john the one, cassidy's I'm drop bag john like i say he's in he's in foreign shores just now and he's sending me 
twice daily pictures of everything that he eats, right? But he'd done a very special montage of the whole breakfast buffet area, a description of the, every station, you know, in the, one of these oh. all-inclusive type places. And, um, and his voice, when he turned around the camera and there was a whole sort of kebab skewer that you could have for breakfast. And he's like, his joy in his voice was just detectable so. when he starts getting that really kind of shaky giddy way because he's just so excited ah, yeah. i remember uh we did the uh autumn 100 um oh gosh maybe oh, years ago and we went to iceland on holiday a few days after it and marco marco's like and Cairn, they're like bean poles, but they can eat like uh, it's unbelievable the amount they can pack away so we went to this breakfast buffet after Mark had done like a hundred miles a few days before, and he had seventeen courses. <laughs> this is. The and we're we're not talking. We're not talking like a small saucer of fruits. We're talking like pancakes with Nutella, and then a fry up. It's insane. This stuff your six hour forty five minute hundred k's. <laughs> This is their young heart. This, this is where the endurance feat is. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Right, okay. I think we better um, start tying up. It's it's getting near the witching hour. Um, yeah, it's nearly bedtime for me. It's half yeah, past nine. I'm starting to freak out. <laughs> waking out there a wee bit um but no thank you very much adrian and debbie for um giving up a, an hour of your time to give us that bit of a race preview and like i say it's it's all gearing up for a cracker of a day we'll be on the weather forecast very soon just to check out on what the expected mm. wind direction is fingers crossed it's in everybody's favor but yeah any last comments or are we are we good are we we all no i'm just uh, i'm very excited about it um and not just because i'm part of the scotland team obviously i want the scotland team to do really well but i'm just really excited about seeing the whole thing unfold it's just it's a phenomenal experience being able to witness it so yeah i'm looking forward to seeing what it what it brings and i love seeing i mean i'm a big fan of the sport um so i love seeing all the times coming down and new people coming in and it's exciting to see people and the open race as well and uh you know for a I, I would love to see more women having a crack at the 100k you know i keep harping on at this and you know we've we've delved into the women in ultra running topic i could go on about it for ages but yeah i would love to see more women applying for the team selection as well as people just having a crack at it right there's debbie debbie has um buoyed lots of people into running over the years now she's now putting out a um yeah a call for 100k females getting about it as john would yeah say. yeah and not just scottish females just across the board let's yeah. get some female runners you know ultra runners but also some like competitive marathon runners just moving up the distance so just have a crack at it and see what can happen because you never know adrian i will echo that yes um 100k we, we talk about the brutality of 100k but for someone who's a regular competitive marathon runner over a few years the adjustment in training is not that much, much as you think no and you can test yourself if you're not sure anyone who's competent in the marathon go and find a 40 50 mile trail race which is a lot more relaxing and just see how you cope with the distance and if you feel you cope with the distance and then Go and talk to your coach. You're going to talk to a, an ultra coach. You know, ultra things, and just sort of say, "How can I tweak my training to actually get good at 100k?" Yeah, I think I can handle this. The distance, 
I've got the pedigree from my marathon background on the road. I want to give 100k a go. Yeah, there's people out there to talk to. There you go. If you have had a seed planted in your head in the last 60 seconds or so chat, then go and do something about it. Now, go do it. Or if you're in Scotland, come down and just see how they, they do it at Perth. There we go. Okay. Well, I want to say thank you once again for joining us. It's been an absolute blast as always. Um, thank you very much, guys. Thank you. It was really nice to see you both and I look forward to seeing you both in a few weeks' time. Going to be great. Get your logs in this.